Welcome back, everyone, to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brother Sportscast. I'm Caleb, and with me, as always, is Craig. This is Real Talk, Real Fans. We're bringing you Michigan football each and every week. I am actually going to uh, kind of introduce a new segment here for the show. We've talked about it a little bit, and I'm just going to go ahead and get started now. But uh, it's a little bit of an inside joke, but we're, we're going to start a trend here on our show, and we're going to have what we're going to call the rock moment of the week. So what was the rock moment of the week? And uh, obviously for football, NCAA, and the student athlete, the NCAA ban being lifted is the overall rock moment of the week. And so that is actually going to be the one, if not the main topic of conversations here when we get started. But here as we're doing the intro, Craig, did you have a rock moment of the week here for you personally? Oh. To, to kind of explain the, what the rock moment of the week is, uh, Craig currently still works with him, um, but we used to work together at the same place. And there's a coworker who is notorious for saying rock <laughs> not, for everything. Yeah. yeah. And, and not rock on, not rock and roll, not rock anything else. It's just rock. Right. And. I found that unique and interesting. I've never heard anybody else really just say rock for anything. And now, honestly, I hear it all the time because between Craig and Brandon and then anybody else that used to work there, it's the kind of fad now just to say rock. And so, <laughs> I, yeah, it just sticks. And here, I, here, I know darn well you're going to find a very good sound bite for that. Yeah. Oh, no. we're gonna every every week we do a rock moment of the week. I'm gonna find something new to put with it. Well, I don't know if I'll be able to find something new every week, but yeah, I'll be able to put. I've already got things input. So <laughs> the soundbite for this week. Welcome to the rock. Uh, he's it's just some like, songs. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Rock, yep. Yeah. And so th- there'll be plenty of opportunities. So with that, we're going to start with. The rock moment of the week. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, like I said, we talked about the ban being lifted, but, uh, to put you on the spot, Craig, uh, do you yourself have a rock moment of the week that you would, uh, mention? Yeah. My rock moment of the week is Jim Harbaugh getting the last laugh (laughs) in all this. (laughs) Yes. And, he, and and it's well deserved, and 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 him not only getting exactly what Tommy Tuberville was talking about, he'd get my rock too for pointing out how ridiculous this thing was, and that he was right about saying this thing would get overturned quickly. Uh, he would get my rock too. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go a little bit more. Uh personal closer to the chest with mine uh actually i had bad stuff happen this weekend just with uh stuff in my basement and leakage and crummy stuff like that and so i don't really have the biggest high point to use as a rock moment of the week but as a father of a young child i will mention that my rock moment of the week would be that my 10-month-old decided to sleep for seven hours straight for the second time ever. That's great. Which is great, but then at the same time kind of depressing, realizing that it's the only second time that he slept for seven hours straight through the night. (laughs) So happy thoughts, but still at the same time kind of depressing when you think about it. Well, I could do my personal rock moment was... uh, my 17-year-old had prom on Saturday, and it went off great, and he came home safe, and everything was good. Yes, so. that is good. He he did not listen to the last episode when you talked about the shenanigans that you were up to at his age and yeah, all that stuff, and so he was he was good. Good job. Yep. Uh, did uh, get get a gold sticker and put it on the. Uh, <laughs> on the poster on the on the fridge for for the week. <laughs> there you go, man. Perfect little star something. 
Yeah. So one of those, one of those uh, homework stickers. When you do a good job, you get the like good job. You kind of got eight out of ten. Or oh yeah, you're a superstar. <laughs> yeah. Those things. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. I, I remember those. I, I don't think I ever got an excellent. <laughs> I got like good job or well done. Those are always ones that mean you didn't get an excellent. You got okay. Yeah, you you did the amount of work that was required to complete the project. <laughs> it's exactly right. <laughs> um, my parents have always wanted the excellent. And I was always coming home with the regular good job stickers. So. Oh, my word. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. Oh, well, uh, before we uh, carry on that conversation too far, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and transition here and uh, we'll... Uh, get talking about the uh, satellite camp ban being lifted and the good news coming with that. Well, it happened. It happened faster than we thought. And I would almost say everybody's happy, but not everybody is. Uh, it's kind of surprising to see that the student-athletes had to win a victory against the organization that was put in place to help protect their best interests, if you can wrap your mind around that. <laughs> but uh, we both Craig and I did imagine that this was going to happen um, not in this fashion, because we, we were talking about you know how slow the NCAA is, how they dragged their feet, and uh, how much hassle they are to deal with things when it's put up to them to try to make things change and make the changes that people want to see happen. But they, uh, in a foul swoop, they just came in and shut her down. So uh, I was pretty happy and pretty impressed with that. Um, those changes being made and everything. And uh, actually, uh, I mentioned this before with uh, with Craig. Uh, we're both uh, guys uh, that appreciate 80s movies. And this whole interaction kind of made me think of... Um, you you got to love 80s cheesy movie lines. Oh, yeah. And, and so... Yeah. So when... Uh, when it came out that they uplifted the band and everything, it just made me think of um, kind of, you know, the hero coming in and shutting shutting down the villain and everything. And so my mind went to Lethal Weapon 2 with Danny Glover. And uh, when that was the one with the, if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry, I'm going to ruin it for you. But if you haven't seen it, then you're missing out on life. Um, but there's the English diplomat, who uses what's called diplomatic immunity to kind of get away with all of his shenanigans stuff. And at the end, he's he's boasting about it. He's like, I've got diplomatic immunity. And then Danny Glover shoots him, and it's just like, it's just been revoked. <laughs> shoots him right in the forehead, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's just that sweet justice. Diplomatic immunity. just been revoked uh it kind of just made me think about where it's just like that that ncaa that that smug uh smug uh south african uh diplomat like it was in the movie where it's just like i can do whatever i want you guys can't do anything about it and then it's just like i don't know who you want to call danny glover but the board swept in and just (laughs) shot him right in the forehead and said it's just been revoked Vote. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of interesting because I mean the board is part of the whole NCAA thing, so it's just like the yeah. NCAA shutting itself down. I'm, I mean it's a it's a new thing. We mentioned it last time that this board is kind of part of a new thing. So it's uh, I, I don't even know all intents and purpose everything that they've done since they've been uh, working since the board has been going, but. It appears almost like it's a, a safety net system of just uh, kind of monitoring itself and everything. So I don't know. In, any either way, uh, the right call was made. 
satellite camps are back, and they've just really kind of exploded. Uh, I mean, Craig, you were talking about some stuff coming up with uh, camps being planned already. Yeah, as soon as that got lifted, that um, I think the day of, well, heck, I think within hours after that, um, you got to hand it to Georgia. I think Georgia and Michigan decided to band together, and and they're going to have uh, satellite camps right. <laughs> Right away, and they're going to have them in June. It looks like so. I think they're on. You know, I think they're waiting, and I. Th- it's almost like they knew there's no way in the world this thing's gonna. Uh, they're going to hold this band, and I think uh, Michigan and you know Jim Harbaugh and Michigan and the athletic directors of those programs and at Georgia were anticipating that this thing won't hold up. And that they knew it. I mean, there's no way that those two big schools and those colleges weren't planning this way before. And yeah. I think they were, and they were anticipating it, and they were ready for it, which is really cool. I think we knew it would happen, but the problem is I just didn't think it would happen this fast. Yeah, the NCAA finally did something right, and they did it the right way. Yeah. It was, it was shocking. The world was shocked. Beyond all measure, so. And you still have Commissioner, the SEC Commissioner Sankey, still coming out and saying disappointed in the governor, you know, the NCA governance process and the result of it and the board of directors' decision, but they have to abide by it. But I'm like, you know what? I could care two less about what Sankey has to say, SEC Commissioner, about this and what he feels. It's just he he knows he's wrong. And there's some bigger purpose into why he's doing this, and he knows it. We all know it, and he's not really hiding it from anybody. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was weird to see some of the SEC be upset about it um, when the argument being made for the opportunities that it gives us student-athletes. But, you know, I mean, it's it's not too surprising. Um, you know, You know, if it was... No matter what conference it was, it was going to get some um, backlash or some sort of uh, resistance uh, for the conference that it was not benefiting. Because, I mean, they have a distinct advantage and they wanted to try to keep that and everything. But uh, it always did kind of surprise me to see some of those coaches talk about trying to eliminate the whole idea of satellite camps because it was like they were just completely overlooking how much of a catastrophe that would be for some of the other players. So not everybody's going to be happy about it. And honestly, I have not seen. Um, so maybe I need to do some more research into this because everything, like we said, just happens so fast. But I don't know if they're going to reapproach the subject. I'm I'm sure that they probably will um reapproach satellite camps to a certain extent as far as like okay you know when can you hold satellite camps maybe they'll talk about the number of satellite camps you can do um but it's it's a new thing i mean well it's okay it's not a new thing but it's exploding uh it appears to be exploding and spreading like wildfire now so I can only imagine that they're going to re-appro- uh, reapproach it just to know how to essentially control it. Yeah, and and how you know what they're going to do with it? Are they going to you know limit it to like you're saying what, what four to f- four to six of them or whatever? You know, you're not going to have eight to ten. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work, but um, I'm sure. I, It'll be interesting. I mean, is it is sounds to me there's no rules put in place, obviously. So there's got to be something. Maybe they're going to address it later on. I don't know. I don't know if this is the end of it. Yeah, yeah, we'll see, but it's kind of done. It's not going to be eliminated. And yes, like you were saying, I don't I don't even actually I gosh, even looking at things, I don't even know how many satellite camps michigan is going to be involved in specifically so that's something that will involve more research it's uh it was a good day for the student athlete and a good day for michigan and everything moving forward with that change well you know what's interesting in this is i was reading some of what sankey was saying you know quoted and talking about you know 
if I quote him, he said, we respect the board of directors' decision and are confident that SEC football programs will continue to be highly effective in their recruiting efforts, which tells me, if you read that, what's that sound like to you? It sounds like he's he was nervous about the recruiting process with this satellite camps. It has nothing to do with the kids. He didn't say anything about that. He's saying about the recruiting efforts, saying these camps take away from our recruiting efforts at, let's say, at the SEC level or Alabama or any of those other teams. And I'm like, what? It's not what this was really for. This was for the student-athletes to get a voice, the lower tier, to get recruited, to be seen, be heard. Yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, now that you mentioned that, that reminds me of something. I was listening to uh, – I actually was listening slash watching um, some information of all the stuff that's happened. It was up – I think it was up until the 2015 season. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything that happened with Harbaugh, like the drama of is he going to Michigan, is he not, blah, blah, and all that. And uh, something came up then after he had come to Michigan about the satellite camps he did last year. And uh, people were talking about it. And, man, was it that? I don't know. I heard a lot about satellite camps. But, anyway, somebody was talking about it with uh, – and maybe it was even on the radio. Um, but some of the places, like – the fans down in the SEC, as far as like Auburn and Alabama and some of the larger schools in the SEC, uh, a radio personality, I don't know who it was, said that they, the fans didn't really seem to care. Oh, the fans okay. from the established, well-recruited schools didn't really seem to care about satellite camps. Like, they didn't talk about it much. They didn't really... It was just kind of like, whatever. Um, Whether they did not understand maybe the possible gravity of the situation or what, or if they just have the confidence in their school and their recruiting efforts. Um, But that is the thing. It's just like, those were the schools that have good recruiting. So then you, I didn't hear them say much um, about the schools that weren't doing as well. I mean, compared to like, if you're thinking, you know, Alabama, Auburn, Florida are good with recruiting, but then, you know, how are Vanderbilt, Kentucky and uh, them and whatnot? Yeah, this really tells you, right, what you're talking about then? Yeah. Then let's put this, let's be hypothetical question here. Let's say a team like, let's say, you know, Durkin goes in from Maryland, and he does it. Let's take Michigan out of the equation, and they say Maryland goes in. They get a new coach. He wants to get some good players in, and he he's going to start holding satellite camps, like eight to ten of them across the country. And my thing would be to the SEC, and I'm not even talking about the fans, given what you're talking about. They didn't have a problem with it. You give the coaches and you talk about them – would they have an issue about Maryland coming in and holding camps? Yeah, yeah. I it, say no. Most likely not, yeah. So you take a bigger name school. Let's say say Ohio State goes in and does the same thing. You think Bama would have an issue with that? Or, oh, yeah. Yeah, so what you're doing is you're actually – it's twofold. It's like you're taking big colleges like the Ohio State, Michigan, and you combine it with actually the best coaches like Harbaugh. I think Harbaugh and Urban Meyer and someone like that going, I don't even, I'm not even putting state in there because I think those two schools is a lightning rod. And I think it made them upset because I think that the very fact is they can recruit really well and they're, they were afraid. That they're yeah. going to steal players. That's what when I'm reading from Sankey, what he's saying here is, is it won't affect. I we I, we will continue to be highly effective in their recruiting efforts. So it's telling me that they they were worried about the recruiting efforts with those guys down there getting camps together. Yeah, yeah, no interest, no, no. I mean, now, yeah, it just doesn't appear like there's much acknowledgement of the student athlete, if anything, really at all. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, well, it is now a dead horse, fortunately. Yeah. The ban on the satellite camps. And so um, it looks like it will slowly be finding its way out of conversations. I mean, people will talk about them because they're scheduled and people are going to them. But as far as the banning of it and everything, that will hopefully stay a dead horse and we won't have to bring it up again um, right. on the negative connotation of everything. Can, can we can we do the fail horn? Just for the NCA and doing and, such a great job. And one more fail horn. We got a double dose of a fail horn sound. My fail horn sound goes to, and it's no surprise, and this just happens over and over again. I don't care if I get tweeted out about it. I don't care if you Spartan slappies come at me. You can come at me all that you want. You have a coach in Mark D'Antonio who has a really tough time with standing up for his convictions, man. That is brand new information! And I'll tell you guys, if you want to come at me, go ahead. But he said it. This, this is quote, okay? D'Antonio on the satellite camp ban quoted as saying, abuse brings control, correct? Yes. So when the ban was lifted, he said, quote, the uplifting of it was a good thing. <laughs> so here you are saying abuse, and then now he's saying it's a good thing that people decided to sit back and rescind until they can make a better decision on things. We'll see where it goes from here. So one minute you're saying abuse brings control, and next minute he's all for the the uplift, the lifting of the band, the ban of it. And I'm like, dude, pick, take a pick, man. Just choose something. Choose a side. So he was support. So he was basically saying that he supported the abuse of the rule. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, when you get, you break it, the very first, in the very beginning, when they banned that satellite camp, he said abuse. Quote: Abuse brings control. Obviously directed towards Jim Harbaugh in Michigan doing this, and then of course this comes out, and he said the the lift, uplifting of the lifting of the ban is now a good thing. Yep. <laughs> so I just got to laugh because I'm going, come on, man, you've got to pick a side. Either you want the ban or you don't. You can't look at, you can't have both, man. <laughs> Stand up your convictions. If you want to say, hey, I'm all for the satellite ban, great, then stand up for that. But don't come back and say it's a good thing that they uh, got rid of the ban. Just don't. Yeah, a lot of back and forth. A lot of back and forth. So good job. Slow clap. (laughs) Good job. Bravo. Wouldn't expect anything more. So, yeah. Uh, Well, um,. Moving right along, I guess, uh, I kind of overlooked this, but there may be another thing to add to the list. Another rock moment of the week, and I think you share this with me, Craig, and I imagine a lot of Michigan fans can share with us on this. It was exciting to see the Detroit Lions pick up Jake Rudock. Oh yeah, we need to talk about that. Excellent. Yeah, we're we're a Michigan football podcast, um, so we do not boast to know a lot of information about the NFL teams. But when it pertains to the Lions and Michigan football, that's always interesting. To pick up uh, several Lions players picked up, uh, some in the decent rounds. Nobody in the first round, um, but no. decent players picked up. I was actually really hoping for uh, Jake Rudock to get picked by the Lions. I really thought it was kind of a far stretch, but it did happen, and I think it could be great for him. Uh, Lions seem to have done a good job, but yeah, I think seeing seeing Jake uh, play for the Lions, even if it's just as backup, I think it's going to be pretty cool to see. Yeah, I tweeted out when I heard that. I said, "Excellent! He is one of the toughest kids I ever seen. I mean, play the, at the quarterback position, and I, he only got better." Um, one one of the things I would probably temper the audience, and I know it's kind of getting out there on Twitter and in social media. The very fact is they're already saying, "Could he be the next Tom Brady?" Well, we're gonna have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I mean, I can. They would be very very cool because there's a lot of interesting things going on there but the very fact is 
Tom Brady played for a year, and Jake Rudock played for a year. He had a good year, you know, great year. Rudock had a great year. They both went in the sixth round, and you know, and there's that. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's comparisons there, but we'll have to wait and see about that one. Yeah. Well, Bob Quinn, uh, right, the GM, I think he yeah. came from the Patriots. So maybe they've got they taught him a thing or two about how to pick out a good QB. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, I feel like I'm getting off topic, but I know it's still on the same topic. I don't want to go on a Lions rant, but I honestly, I mean, Stafford has been around for a long time now, and yeah. I've I just think that he almost feels entitled. He played well, I believe, and was a big shot in Texas, I believe, is where he was in high school. Don't quote me on that. But then he went to Georgia, and he was um, the QB there. He was surrounded by some all-star players, some great guys who went into the NFL. Then he came into the NFL, and he had Megatron, and he's got some of these great players around him and everything. I honestly think that he is only as good as the players around him, and I honestly think that he thinks that he's entitled and is not putting forth the effort that he needs to to get a little bit better to be the player he needs to be for his team. Right. That being said, I really like Jake Rudock being there because I honestly think that he has more of the attitude and mentality that a real NFL quarterback leader needs in the competitiveness that Harbaugh instilled in him on, you know, competing for that job. You can always get better. How can you get better? What can you do for the team? You know, it's not about you. It's about the team. All this stuff that I just really honestly think Stafford doesn't really have. Not saying that Stafford's not a good player. I just think he could be better and could be a better player for the team, but he just doesn't have that quality. Right. Yeah, and you know, there uh, Rudock and Brady have some interesting qualities that you know they're similar. Obviously, what the very fact is, um, I think to me, and maybe other people think it's different. I think you might think that uh, Brady. I don't think Brady has a t- the strongest arm. I think he's obviously what with he's in with the two and a half seconds of releasing the ball. So you don't under that. Uh, amount of pressure of getting that ball out. He's just a very quick, accurate thrower as Rudock is the same way. I don't think he's got a strong arm, but he's, he can be accurate if he could learn kind of the way that Brady throws and, and have it work in uh, the line system is as far as uh, Stafford Stafford's got way too big of an arm than Rudock has. And you know what? Sometimes it hurts the lines. They don't have Calvin there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so, yeah, I definitely uh, see those, uh, that other similarity that you were kind of pointing out there and everything. So it's really interesting. I mean, it'll be interesting. And then also, uh, um, like we said, other players taken in the draft, which was uh, great to see. Some picked up as free agents. Um, One going to the Ravens to John Harbaugh. Was it just Willie Henry? Yep. Maybe it was more. Yeah, it was at least one. So, yeah. so he obviously John trusts his brother. <laughs> yeah, and then of course in the third round going to the Detroit Lions is also Rudock's favorite center is Glasgow. So that's yeah a good connection there, and Rudock trusts him. <laughs> so, and I thought that was a pretty good pick because um, Glasgow's a great center. He does he does really well. So we'll see how that goes. Good yeah. blocker. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's uh, it was good to see that they did well, and I mean, some comments were put out there on Twitter about uh, Harbaugh not having a first round pick, but he's had that he's had that in the past. Yeah, and it's his first year at Michigan, and there are there's a decent list of other coaches who have had their first year at. Uh, new coaching positions who haven't produced first-round draft picks. So, 
you know, if you're using that as an argument and thinking it's valid, you can put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah, as much as, you know, I have a lot of respect for Arvin Meyer when he came to the satellite camps, he didn't, he wasn't wishy-washy like Coach D'Antonio was. I mean, he stuck to his guns and he said, hey, I think the satellite camps are ridiculous to have, you know, ban, to ban them are ridiculous, so I obviously give him a lot of credit and uh, he, he had great players. He made, he had record draft, you know, obviously he had a ton of uh, players get drafted that draft, so that's pretty cool. Um, the only thing is to, coming from the Buckeye slappies and trolls is, you know, them getting on and saying, you know, how many Michigan players got drafted compared to ours? And I said, hey, you know what? The difference is, is all our players came back. <laughs> yeah. Yours didn't. So all your guys left. <laughs> yeah. And then we saw some other people get into arguments, and then it's just kind of like, okay, well, uh, somebody had a, made a really good point. Uh, Brandon was just saying, okay, show me how many Ohio State quarterbacks have Super Bowl rings, uh, which is uh, really great. But then, yeah, that was kind of the thing, too, where it's just like, I, you know, it it is fun to celebrate. There are two things that are fun to celebrate. One is your recruiting class, and two is your uh, your players drafted in the NFL draft. But really, honestly, those can be so deceiving because you just never know. You never know how players are going to pan out at either end because those are new players coming into college and those are new players going into the NFL. And just because they look great doesn't mean that they're going to be the best. And so that can be really deceiving. So it's just like, and I put it out there and I was just like, hey, let's let's see how uh, everybody pans out because, and I brought up Tom Brady. You know, it's just like he was a six-rounder. And he's one of the best players in the NFL, no question, yeah, now just... and in the history. And he was drafted in the sixth round, so it's just like you could have, you could have your whole entire de- team drafted in the first round, and they might not equivalent to anything. Right. Yeah, and you never know because you know, you know, we can do the would have, could have if Brady would have been starting the. F- three years at Michigan, we probably would have had a couple couple titles under him because I think he was just getting incredible. <laughs> and then he takes off to the draft. So, But, uh, yeah, you know, you just don't know where these players are going to pan out. And, you know, like I said, you know, Ezekiel, you know, he's a fantastic running back. I don't think any Michigan fan is telling, you know, how that he isn't. He's a, he was amazing running back. And I'm also, he went to the best... I'd say offensive line in the country, uh, the Cowboys. But, uh, you know, I I was just saying, uh, going back and forth with some Ohio guys, and it's just the fact that I was just saying, hey, you know what? The Big Ten isn't known for having very good offensive weapons. You know, we just haven't had a history of it in a long time. I mean, I know Ohio had some good receivers, what, 15 years ago? 12 to 15 years ago, maybe. But you take the running back situation. When's the last running back from a Big Ten that did great? Larry Johnson? Yeah. I mean, or Eddie George? That's the last one I can think of. There's just not any good. I mean, in Big Ten, running backs just don't do well in the NFL. They're great in college, but it's just the history's not showing that that's it until I see it. And. Ezekiel has the perfect opportunity. If he doesn't do it for the Cowboys, he won't do it at all. Yeah. Well, uh, and there was topics surrounding some of the other uh, players being drafted from some other schools, being, people being surprised. Two things to say. People were saying, how on earth did Ohio not make it to the playoffs with the team that they had if so many players were drafted? Right. Then people commenting on Alabama – not having that many first-round draft picks with the team that they had, which being kind of surprising to see how uh, Derrick Henry felt a little bit. But honestly, there's probably some scare around drafting Alabama running backs when you see what happened to Eddie Lacy and Trent Richardson. Right. I mean, Eddie Lacy is still a solid running back, but, I mean, he had his up-and-down moments and in shape, out of shape, and Trent Richardson was – way all over the place 
Yeah, he's and trying he, to make. Yeah, he right now he's trying to make history. He's trying to get on every NFL team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's uh, he's on his way there. Gosh, what it was. Um, Browns, yeah, Indianapolis, now Ravens, yeah. Ravens, and he was at the Raiders, wasn't he? Yeah, I don't know. It's, but yeah. you know, that's a good point. I mean, you're starting to look at Bama running backs; they do great in college, but they're not panning out as well. And you don't know. See, well, the thing is, is a lot of the running back situation in colleges is changing. I don't know. In the NFL, it's changing. There's not your pure running back that they're going to give quite a few times during a game that, you know, they're doing, they're protecting them and they're doing an offset, you know, they're changing pace back, your, your, your power back. They're doing a lot more committees than they ever were. Yeah. So you're not going to see those great backs like we have in the past. I think that, I think that is gone. I just, it's sad, but it's true. Well, you'll see you'll see it at some schools, and then it just kind of depends because there'll be certain times where you have the running back, and the ones that are behind him are just so far behind that they're not yeah. worth putting out on the field that much. But yeah, you're definitely not going to see it as much. I definitely agree with you on that. But uh, I mean, you know, players are just bigger, defensive lines are bigger. Um, and they've kind of restructured things. I mean, some players are faster in different positions in, in the defense, and so they can shut down some of those running backs better. But <clears throat> yeah, what was your take? And let's you know, we could maybe go into a little bit of it. Is uh, um, Connor C- Cook and his you know falling in the draft and how far he fell and kind of the moments leading up to that and. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about saying something about that. I was thinking maybe not, but uh, this would be one of the fitting moments for uh, a humble pie segment. <laughs> get a, get a big, good old serving of humble pie. Yeah, um, good good helping. Yeah, it's and I actually saw something about his dad tweeting out his anger and frustration with apparently. Uh, anonymous NFL people talking bad about Connor Cook. And uh, it, they do that for whatever reason. I can't remember. Like I said, I, I don't stay up on the NFL as much as I do college. But, I mean, they keep it anonymous because they're doing draft stuff. And so they're keeping it anonymous on who thinks what of what player and stuff kind of like that and whatnot. Um, but it's just kind of – it, it kind of makes me laugh a little bit. And it's just like, dude – is this how bad we're getting with it's just like participation trophies for everybody and we can't say anything negative about anyone? (laughs) It's like people are asking questions about players. They're going to answer. I mean, it's this is not one of the situations where it's just like if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. They're asking your honest opinion and you're breaking things down. It's not like there's this crazy conspiracy that everyone in the world, every university, Every professional football team has a conspiracy against Michigan State, and they everyone is out to disrespect them and doesn't want anything to do with them. There is no stupid conspiracy. People fr- freaking calm down. There are other players that people talk negative about, and if so many people are saying it, guess what? Chances are there's probably some reason for the question marks. It's yeah. It happens. I mean, there are other players that it happens to. People brought up the fact that it happened to Cam Newton, things like that. And you know what Cam Newton did? Cam Newton came out and he played and he proved people wrong and he was in the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what? If people are freaking out about it, I even tweeted out about it. I was just like, look, if people are fr- upset about the whole Connor Cook thing, stop talking about it. If you want it to go away, stop talking about it. And it might. But if you keep talking about it, it's definitely not going to go away. So let the kid or let the guy, whatever, he's now uh, graduated from college and everything, let the young man, the guy, go out there. And if he has the opportunity, if he is really better than all this talk and everything, he will find the opportunity to prove people wrong. Personally, I don't think he's that great. I, he might be better than what the negative talk is, but I don't think he's going to really go out there and do anything like Kirk Cousin has. And Kirk, people talk better about Kirk Cousin, and he's 
I think he's panned out kind of where I anticipated he would. Maybe not quite as good, but I I think Kirk Cousins is a lot better than Connor Cook was. So, yeah, I agree. And then some of those players. I mean, <laughs> look, it, the the dad Connor Cook's dad needs to first of all, and from the very beginning, if he knew that he was going to be the guy, the leader of Michigan State, he but he should have told him. Look, man, everything you do on the field and off the field for whatever and when you get in the NFL is going to be on social media. Everything. Everything you do, every bad look, bad thing. So just keep yourself in check. And you should know, you know, there's so many things his her, his dad should look at that it just looked bad. The Archie Griffin just snubbed him and all this you know, ridiculous stuff, some kind of odd photos of him and just some bizarre things. And then I think you said something about his um, his last year of uh, playing. You said his stats weren't that good. The yeah. last year was really bad. I mean, what were some of the stats you were talking about? I, was oh, I don't sure. have it on me, but his short passing game, The I think his completion percentage, don't quote me on this, but I think his completion percentage for short throws was like under 60%. Right. Yeah, and I mean, if you take the father and you say, hey, you know what? Is there a reason? Maybe, it, look, I, I get that he's defending his son. It doesn't, I mean, I'm not surprised about that. But the, the very oh, yeah. fact is him to say, you know, why isn't my son the captain of the actual football team? Usually a four-year quarterback is usually the captain of the team i know kirk cousin was and so you got to look at that and and i heard you know and i might be wrong about this i don't know you know maybe i can get uh some twitter fans or somebody that'll tweet me back and that the very fact that i think he had a birthday party and a lot of his uh his own teammates didn't show up none of them did so i'm like you know that just looks bad it's just, it's a leadership quality and if you're going to be in the nfl and you're going to be at under center and you want to be the quarterback you have to show leadership and when you're doing this this kind of stuff and i just i no wonder it just keeps the nfl from deciding if is this the guy we want leading our team yeah, well, that the, it was a. Uh, I saw somebody kind of out there defend. It, it, there's nothing wrong with a parent defending their kid. I mean, within reason, I guess. But yeah, it's, it's one thing to be out there and just for him to say, and you know, I mean, yeah, it, you gotta be in the situation. So I'm not blaming him and saying that anything and everything he did was out of line or anything. It's almost acting like his that Connor Cook did no wrong and everything and it's just like when you look at all the ev- all the stuff mounted up and I saw an article about this and they were kind of questioning the whole thing too and it's just like the only thing that really was a problem with Connor Cook that you have hard evidence on was his altercation interaction whatever with Archie Griffin and I was just like mm, well no you've kind of got more to go off of than that because obviously the looming question of him not being the captain of the team what's up with that i mean if you're supposed to be the quarterback which is quote unquote the leader of the team and you're not even voted a captain that's a big question mark that's not made up stuff that's that's a big question mark and then also the uh all these nfl people saying that there just seems to be something off with him i mean like i said there is this is not some stupid conspiracy. If you have, there was at least five different teams that had staff or someone say that there was just something that was not positive with him. Chances are there's something with his character or with his attitude. So, I mean, if you're uh, going back to his dad and everything, I mean, it's totally fine to come out and say, it's just like, you know, People can believe what they want about what other people are saying, but I know my son, and he's he's a great kid, blah, blah, and he's going to go out there, and uh, he'll find his opportunity to prove people wrong. Boom, whatever, you know, fine. But then he went out there, and he tried attacking the unknown sources and the unknown people and just slandering it and everything, and I can understand that out of frustration, but it's just like, if multiple people are saying this, if there are these instances and everything, I mean, there's a valid possibility that there are some issues going on. I mean, just watching the kid and everything, I've not thought that highly of him. 
Is he a good player? Was he a good quarterback? Yeah. But, I mean, I even said about the – and the article thing that was kind of defending him was just, like, the one in uh, black spot on his resume was this whole uh, interaction with Archie Griffin. And he's just like – but then he immediately apologized for it, and so it's fine. And I still go back to that, and I remember thinking that was the dumbest thing because his apology came across as – if I had known it was Archie Griffin, you know I would have would have treated him better. And so I'm just like, okay, so you have specific types of people or specific level of notoriety for people that you will respect, but if it's <laughs> Joe Schmo, you're going to treat him like a piece of dirt. Right. Yep. That's what you, yeah, that's what, I mean. that's what it, kind of what it means. Is yeah, if it was just a nobody, then I would be... Who is, I, it would be okay, but I, if I want to know it's Archie Griffin, then I never would have done that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and so that's the way that came across, and so it's just like, okay, you have this bad alt- interaction with him, and then you come out with an apology that comes across as in, oh, if I'd known it was someone that important, you know I would have treated him better. Right. So, it, yeah, I mean, there are just a lot of things around it, and like I said, I wasn't really going to talk too much and everything about the whole Connor Cook situation. It was just like... Because people freaked out. Yeah. Man. It, well, the thing is, is look, Michigan State fans, just, you know, you need to chill because Kirk Cousins, I thought, was a, is a good quarterback, very good. I thought he would do really well. In fact, when he went to the Redskins, I thought RG3 needed to move on to, a, a, a obviously, an NFL team that fits his style. I thought Kirk Cousins would have fit there great. In fact, Everybody knows me, and you know I picked him on my fantasy team right off the gate because I thought, and I held on to him because I thought he'd start because I thought he was a very good leader. I'm, I'm actually met him, so great guy, super cool, great head on his shoulders, great leader, and you can tell. Um, and then there's you know Connor Cook. It's left, you know, we don't know, but like you said before, Caleb, is look. As, you know, Connor Cook. If you want people to stop talking about you, just go on the field and prove them wrong. Just prove them wrong. Say, you know, I should have been taken higher. Go out there, be that leader, and stay out of the news, man. Keep your nose clean. You're going to do great. But just you got to prove people wrong on the field. That's how you do it. Yeah. Well, uh, RG three, number one pick in the draft, wasn't he? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well. Look, look how he panned out. Yeah. Tom Brady. <laughs> Sixth round. Look how he panned out. Yep. Who gives a crap? I mean, there are free agents out there that have done crazier things. So it's, I mean, yeah, there's some uh, disappointment with it. I can understand that and everything. But to freak out over all this stuff, it's just like you go where you go. I mean. Hey, you know what? You you played on your coach in Mark D'Antonio who got your team to play well. Using the whole chip on your shoulder. Well, I'm telling Connor Cook, use that. Go to the NFL. Use the whole chip on your shoulder thing. It seems to get you going, like Aaron Rodgers did. He slipped in the draft, and that guy's still playing with a chip on his shoulder. And he's doing great at Green Bay. So go do that and prove everyone wrong. But I don't think he's going to. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I happen to just think Kirk Cousins a better player, better, um, just mentally prepared player, and he's a, a fantastic player. I think he's a great quarterback. Uh, Connor Cook, there, like they said, I think I agree. There's just something off with him. He, it, it's almost like almost like an entitlement, similar to Manziel, but without all the really terrible stuff that Manziel's doing. But you know what I mean? Self entitled. Yeah. Meant he he kind of gives off and he hasn't even proved anything. Yeah. Yep. No, I I totally agree. I, I feel kind of like that too. So, but man, that turned out to kind of maybe be the longest part of this whole episode. But yeah. So we're you know we we hope. I mean, we're thrilled for Rudock. We hope he does well. I it, it, that would make my year. Michigan making the playoffs and then Rudock. Proven everyone wrong. <laughs> yeah, like even if he, even if he goes in and if he plays like uh, like Stafford gets hurt or something and he plays a game and he has he's successful and he wins oh. that game, that would that'd, that'd be great. Yeah, 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 that'd be wonderful. So he, he's such a fantastic kid, great head on his shoulders. That kid is smart. 
I have, you know, Michigan Fan Nation, man, we just absolutely have so much respect for him. And, you know, we wish him the best of luck. Yep, for sure. And so that was a little kind of all over the place. Didn't. Yeah. I uh, got swept up in uh, Ohio stuff, a little bit of Michigan State stuff, a little yeah. NFL stuff, NFL draft and all that, but good stuff. Yeah, if you guys don't know, you can find us uh bluebrothersportscast.com. Uh email now at contact us at bluebrothersportscast.com. Of course, Twitter at bluebros underscore Caleb or underscore Craig. Find us, contact us. We always welcome uh questions, thoughts, or um any other conversation pieces. Uh actually, man, I really need to there hasn't been a whole lot whole NFL draft kind of overloomed some of the things and everything, but I really need to get back into sharing some of the thoughts of people on Twitter because that is our main source of uh, interaction with the fans. But uh, we do encourage the voicemail because if you do call, leave a voicemail if and or when it applies. We will include it in the show when we can. You can call us at 551-258-3276. That's 551-BLUE-BRO. All our contact information is on the website and things like that. So, uh, yeah. Great episode. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's um, it's good about the satellite camp bans being lift, uh, you know, lifted. And we'll see where that goes from there. It's good for the kids. Good for the student-athletes overall, not just for Michigan. It's just good. Well, just great for the kids that just don't really get seen and, you know, and they now have a chance to you know, make uh, something of themselves and able to play for a school that they like. And that's, that's a good thing. Yep. So good news all around. But we... Uh we appreciate you, Wolverine Nation, for tuning in. We uh, hope you all have a good week. Weather is warming up. Enjoy it. Go outside. Have a good time. And as always, go blue. Go blue.